I'm Matt Brownell. And I'm Van Owens. And I'm Tim Adams. Welcome to Climbing the Mountain, where we dive into the scriptures and discuss themes, connections, and real-life application. We're kicking off a series here where we're going to examine the Sermon on the Mount and discuss implications for this teaching for Christians today. Uh, welcome back to the pod, everyone. Uh, good to good to talk to you all again. We're gonna we were talking about the wide and narrow gates. We got a little bit of discussion on true and false prophets. We're gonna continue that discussion now. Uh, I'm gonna read Matthew chapter seven, verse fifteen through twenty. It says, "Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit you will recognize them." Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every tree, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. Thanks. So there are incredible consequences of not bearing good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. How can we resolve the tension between what flows naturally from being a particular type of tree and performance, what fruit we bear? So with this question, I'm, I'm thinking about like where it takes me is are people just bound to be a certain way or do we have some sort of influence on that? Is that kind of the direction that you're, you're wondering about? Yes. I'm wondering how much, how can we resolve? I think there is a tension between performance, what you have within your strength to do and what flows out from you naturally, maybe through the spirit or through, how God has made you or what, like, how do we resolve the, the dependence on God and what is within our grasp? Yeah. That, and that is where it kind of comes back to what we were talking about at last episode a bit. Like some people just seem like, man, you're just a great person (laughs) and it's just easy for you. (laughs) And then other people it's like, Oh, I can really see you're trying. And and it is hard to be around you. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, so. not gonna name names. <laughs> yeah, it, I, I do think there is uh, there are a lot of good people, and I, I'm certainly painting with broad strokes. But uh, that, and you know, when you get to know them, there's some stuff in their life that that isn't quite as rosy as it may look, and, yeah. and that doesn't make them certain aspects not good. Um, but it it does mean that there's certain aspects where everybody falls. You know, everybody's falling short, um, including the people who are really trying very, very hard. Hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I, I actually, when I when I read this question, I I don't actually think there's tension between um, what flows natu- what flows from us, um, because even if it flows naturally from just who we default are, that's a thing that God's made good, that God's made in, that God's built into us. And performance, because I don't think we tend to have a correct view of fruit. 
Um, mm-hmm. I think we tend to view fruit as spiritual productivity, mm-hmm. um, as like, you know, that's great. You're doing this. What did you, and we, and we view fruit on a very short time frame. Mm-hmm. And I think it was Tim last time said that sometimes fruit can take decades yep. to bear. Like sometimes you say, well, we're, we're not bearing any fruit. Well, sometimes the fruit it could take 80 years. Like I think of Jacob's life. It took him till he was an old, old, old man mm-hmm. till I got, till when I studied his life to go, oh, that's a really good faithful decision. Like everything up till then was kind of like, I've used the phrase used car salesman, sketchy used car salesman to describe him. Uh, and I'm sticking with that. <laughs> I, I'm, you can get me off. You no, can, yeah, I hear you. <laughs> if you want to try to get me off of that, we can do that offline. But uh, but so I, I think we tend to have a wrong view of fruit. Um, and because we have a wrong view of fruit, we go, well, we need to produce this type of fruit. Not mm-hmm. that that type is wrong, but it's not, but it's incomplete. And you have to do it within this amount of time. Yeah. Not always well-defined, but we have this thing in our heads where it's like, you have to produce this in this time or you're not a good tree. Mm-hmm. Whereas Jesus isn't saying that. And a lot of the fruit he's talked about and a, and a lot of the fruit he's referencing is softer. It's what does your life look like? Um, you know, I would say uh, a good test of this um, is what would random stranger walks into your home if you have a family, what would they see? What's the fruit of your life? Yeah. Is it, is it, and you know, I think we've all walked into a house where you can cut the tension with a knife and you just go like, what's going to happen next? Who's going to blow a gasket? And you're just like, I want to get out of here. That's fruit that you're producing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's obviously not good fruit. Um, and so that, but the fruit of the person of the family that's you know you walk into their home and you feel ah i'm at peace i'm welcome here i'm safe here i can let my guard down mm-hmm. it's hard to measure that yeah but you know it it's when you see it it's and, it and and it's it's tangible it's just not measurable um and so i think a lot of the times if our lives are producing division stress uh anxiety we probably have an issue with us mm-hmm. if that's what's being produced around us. If they're producing peace, safety, kindness, openness, then we're probably being a good tree. But the other thing to note is the problem is not we're not producing enough fruit. The problem's the health of the tree. Yeah. You can't fix the fruit. You can heal a tree. I think that the the analogy of fruit is such a powerful one to me. Now, now let me preface this by saying I don't know very much at all about agriculture. What I do know, though, is in my neighborhood growing up, which was in inner city Boston, but interestingly, there was a guy who had some property right outside the park where we used to play, and he grew fruit trees. Mm. And we used to climb his fence and steal his fruit, and we were bad <laughs> kids. But um, the the work that it takes to get a tree to 
to bear fruit is intense. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of uh, fertilizing and pruning, and you have to be careful of what what kind of sunlight the the tree gets. And it takes it does take years to get a tree that's mature enough to produce fruit that you'll want to eat. Mm-hmm. And I think that the 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 tree bearing fruit with all the work that's involved in that you still need sunlight rain and good soil mm-hmm. and that stuff i mean you can make soil better i guess by fertilizing it but you can't grow banana trees in massachusetts it it won't work that tree is never going to bear fruit and i i always think what i'm thinking about is when, when I'm thinking about performance, I think, how am I working? Am I working according to God's plan? Or am I working, am I just trying to muscle my way into something that's going to make me feel better? It always reminds me of um, uh, in Isaiah chapter 1, verse 31, it says, the mighty man will become tender <laughs> and his work a spark. Wow. Both will burn together with no one to quench the fire. Hmm. And so there's, there's, and I think when I'm just completely focused on my performance, on how I look, that, the, so the fruit that I'm going for, Jim, is I want to look like I've got it together. Mm-hmm. I want to look like my life is in line. I want to look like my marriage is perfect. I want to look like my kids are raised right. I want to I want to look all these things and when I focus on just that what I'm focusing on is fruit that it's pretty but it's doesn't taste good. It's not nourishing. Yeah. And that work is this kind of Isaiah 131 work. It's that work that I'm just trying to be I'm trying to be a mighty man. I'm trying to look like mm-hmm. a mighty man. But all that's going to do is burn me up in the end. I'm going to burn up. I'm going to burn out because I'm not working according to God's plan. I'm not producing the kind of fruit that he intends for me to produce. Yeah. Thank you guys. I think all of your responses uh, are very helpful. I I wanted to ask this because I think, especially when I was first reading chapter seven, it freaked me out because I, my, in my base nature i am performance driven and i i have a deep need to achieve in and i think part of it is i get my sense of of worth from my achievements which is such a bad trap to get into Mm. um but seeing that this is fruit fruit that takes time to develop that is largely out of my control in terms of like the right, you know, soil, sunlight, water. It reminds me that this is a work that, that is done in us through Jesus. And it reminds me a lot of, um, John 15, Mm -hmm. uh, and the vine and branches. And, uh, I mentioned Psalm one before and the tree that's planted by streams of water. It's, it's planted next to a stream of water. Oh, cool. It's got a constant support, uh, structure and, Mm -hmm. uh, it's going to produce in its fruit in season. And, uh, but the John 15, Jesus actually says, apart from him, we can do nothing. 
the the point is that we as a branch just need to remain in him and he in us and and then the fruit will come and i i it's taken me years <laughs> to see even mm-hmm. see some of the things that were mm-hmm. that needed to change uh let alone begin to see any change in some of these things um yeah i anyway um no, it's 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 a hard. We we are because we are in America. We are performance oriented. You are what you perform, mm-hmm. and Jesus is not saying that. He's just saying what your life produces, not how much money you produce, but some of the softer things like we've talked about, like the kindness, the peace, the patience, the I can walk into my home. You can walk into a home and. There's peace, there's safety, there's comfort. You feel welcome. Not they say welcome, but you feel you feel welcome, like they want you there. Mm. That's that's I think what we're what Jesus is going for. We're gonna wrap this section up, and we might even get to the next section. <laughs> Crazy. I know. Um and we've we've touched on this, but it's what is Jesus more concerned with? Is he concerned more concerned with us getting every doctrinal detail right or is he more concerned with us simply living the right way specific and specifically treating people the right way yeah i mean i think um i think in our minds being coming out of like the reformation and or not so much the reformation but the enlightenment like there is this big difference between doctrine and your life I don't, I don't think, I think the lines are a lot more blurry Mm -hmm. in, in the scriptures. Um, And that's, and the the way I'm, I kind of have been simplifying a lot of these thoughts for me is, is what I mentioned a couple podcasts ago, but it's just like my, what's important about my journey is what, what's happening, you know, what's happening in my life Um, that shows you know, in some ways that shows my doctrine, right? Also my doctrine, the doctrine that I believe and subscribe to influences and shapes those things. Mm -hmm. But it's, uh, if I, if I'm not living out the golden rule, (laughs) Mm -hmm. like I don't, I got, um, I got, I got the wrong doctrine and I got the wrong life, you know? So, um, I, I think that the fallacy this is, I guess, the way of summarizing it. The fallacy is that there is any sort of perfect doctrine that doesn't have an impact on your life. Yeah, mm-hmm. doctrine's still really important. Oh yeah, but yeah. the it, the if there's no meaningful effect that can be seen, then it's not the way of life that Jesus is laying out. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I love that you said you can't decouple the two. I mean, as a thought experiment, you can. Yeah, but in our real lives, you can't decouple what we believe from how we live. That's right, and it, I think um, there's something more to this too. Um, staying on that for a sec, uh, you people have form a lot of doctrines. Um, doctrine is just teaching, and so the people have a lot of different ways that they organize their life. Um, and the Bible is is one of those uh, organization methods, building your life on on Christ, which is something we'll talk about more. But 
people have uh, philosophy. People have, uh, um, you know, I think uh, society plays a huge role. I think we, mm. so we live in the United States where individualism is prized. And so having a sense of I've, I've done this, I, I've accomplished this. Um, it, and um, uh, so th that may seem perfectly fine to you because you're surrounded again you're we there is there are a lot of broad paths around us and they're deceptive because so many people are on them you just kind of take for granted oh yeah uh, i pull myself up by my bootstraps i've i've accomplished this i've done da, 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 da. and really uh we're a lot more a product of hey you were born at this time in this place uh, if you'd been born in the 12th century in the Himalayas, none of this, okay? Forget it. Uh, so uh, I don't know. I think that the there's a larger piece to this where I think we can't forget uh, that we are completely dependent upon God. Mm -hmm. And so having the right doctrine and life flows from, from – both are important, but if we're not in Christ and and – Importantly, if he is not our savior, because I mm -hmm. think that's what this is is teaching the whole this whole section that we we really none of us are good enough and none of us are right enough and that um, we need God. Yeah, I think that it, uh, it I think that it is and maybe it's an American mindset that, well, it's not because this wasn't written in America, but it's so it's a human mindset to want to separate doctrine and life. And I think the sort of the bottom line that I don't think any of us would disagree with is that you can't, your doctrine is not perfect if you're not living right. Mm -hmm. And you're not living right if your doctrine is wrong. That those two things That's can't, the they, they can't separate. Yeah. And I, I think of, is it, is it uh, in first Corinthians where it says, Knowledge, what you know, what does that do for you? It puffs you up. Unless you have love, because love is what builds you up. And so I think of knowledge is something you can have and hold on to and think, this is, this is right, this is good, this is what I know. And sort of convince yourself that it's what you are even though you just know it and you're not living. And if you're doing that, then the best you can be is puffed up. Mm -hmm. you're, right. you're a balloon. The, <laughs> the, the, that's the best you can be if that's all you have. But love, which is that doctrine put into practice and displayed and in the way that you treat people as you yourself would want to be treated, golden rule again, love is what builds you up. Love is what makes you a, a, a solid uh, individual. No, that's good. Good stuff. Let's fulfill Torah, mm -hmm. right. not abolish. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Fulfill by living it out mm -hmm. correctly. Should we? Should we read the next couple of verses? I think we got a time yeah, for maybe a time. question. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'm going to read verses 21 through 23. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? 
Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. All right. So we have verse 22 here. It seems to be saying that these these Lord, Lord saying people, they're doing some good things. Mm -hmm. They're, They're casting out demons. They're prophesying. That's good stuff, right? Why does Jesus refer to them as evildoers? What evil are they doing? Uh, this is this passage freaked me out the first time I read it. Just the first? <laughs> I, no, you're right. <laughs> oh, man. Every time. <laughs> yeah, it, it still gets me. Uh, I, I think um, build, it flows from the previous passage and, and where the the previous section asked us to consider the life and doctrine of our leaders and ourselves, the fruit we bear. This next one asks us to consider something more, I think. First, Jesus contrasts the sayer, the one who's saying, Lord, Lord, with the doer who's working miracles. Then he goes further with the doer and says, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Evildoers? Aren't they performing miracles in your name, Jesus? I mean, literally evildoers? Uh, and I think what that word is actually saying is lawbreakers or workers of lawlessness. Mm-hmm. What Jesus is saying here, I think first, um, I think it feels like he's saying it's not just what you say, but what you do. Mm-hmm. And then he seems to say, it's not just what you do. You don't do it well enough or you're, you're, you're evil. You're straight up evil. Even your good deeds stink. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can never be good enough. So I think you're left with like this. When I first read it, I was like, uh, what hope do I have? You know, and, mm-hmm. and the performance side of me freaked out. And uh, uh, how can we ever be good enough in words and deeds? What's our hope? And I think, I think what this drives us to see is our only hope is found in Jesus, to be clothed in him and be seen with his perfect righteousness. And uh, I think, you know, this this continues, it, just as it stunned me when I first read it, it as a, a deeply religious perfectionist, perfectionistic person, which is a pretty bad combination, mm-hmm. um, it scared me. Perfectionistic a word? We'll look that up. Oh, man. <laughs> if it's not, then... Uh, then you're not. A I'm not perfect. Anymore. Ah, shoot. <laughs> anyway, it's a bad combo, nonetheless, and it scared me, and it made me desperate for Jesus. Mm-hmm. So, so I think, um, Matt, I appreciate what you said, especially coming from the perfectionist, religious side of things, where you hear that. I think the more I read this, the more I can hear that. And go, wait, wait. They're doing all the good things that they're supposed to do. Why are they not good enough? And then I reread this a few times and I went, they're doing, Jesus only mentions two things, which I think is interesting. He says, you're casting out demons and we're like performing miracles. And prophesying. And prophesying in his three things, sorry. Uh, so so they're doing these things. Um, but I, and then I kind of looked back through like what, okay, what was God looking for from people throughout like throughout the story, right? Not just like in this thing, because we love all three of those, right? Mm-hmm. We love miracles. We love prophesying. We love casting out demons. That's kind of a thing that we view. I My personal conviction is that from the beginning, God has been looking for people to partner with him to heal a broken world. Mm-hmm. He hasn't necessarily been looking for people to put on a show. He said... 
come walk with me, come know me, we'll work together to heal a broken world. And like, I, I hear all these things. I see casting out demons. Like if a demon's cast out of you, that's a good thing, but you're not ultimately healing the person. You have to actually now walk with the person. Like it, it's, yeah, the demon's out, you're back to zero, whereas you were like negative, but now we have to get you working back. Now we have to get you off of zero. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think of like prophesying. Prophesying's good. It's, it's nothing wrong with it, but it's not healing the brokenness that's prevalent in the world. And, and I think that's what these people are missing. They're, they're doing the showy religious things. Mm-hmm. They're doing the mighty spiritual acts, but they're not partnering with God to heal. And God is really looking to heal people more than he's looking to put on a show. And that healing, as I think we've, I'm pretty sure we've all experienced, the healing's not in the mighty spiritual acts. It's in the day-to-day walking. Mm -hmm. It's not in the like thing we do once and everybody goes, wow. It's in the quiet moments where we have small choices to make and where we, we have to struggle to choose the right thing. It's when we... We have opportunities that we have to say yes or no to. It's in the little things. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't read, it reads like these people were missing that. Mm-hmm. And so I think this tends to, I tend to read this less of a, what hope do we have? And more of a, we have to reorient what we think is important to God. Because we make a lot of decisions on how we act and what we do based on what we think is important mm-hmm. without actually considering what's important. Mm-hmm. So let's, maybe we need to change our baseline that mm. these things aren't as important to God as we think they are. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because like when you look at Jesus' ministry, these were some of the big things he was doing, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. he's, and then over and over in John, he'll be like, hey, look at what I'm doing. Like these things testify about me. Yeah. Um Especially the miracles, right? These these works testify about me. Cause them signs. Yeah, mm-hmm. but then also like, he people will be like, "Hey, do the thing," and he's like, "Nah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. Right. I'm um, not a monkey that dances." For yeah, you. yeah. <laughs> and like he warns that people are going to come who can deceive because you know, maybe they're doing some of these things, mm-hmm. but they're they're not. They're not walking with him. That's some of the warning here, I think. Mm. The, some of the warning about the false prophets mm. or stuff in, later in Matthew and Luke. It says like some people could deceive even the elect, right? Because mm. they can do all these incredible things. Um, so yeah, I think the, the misplaced priorities is is a great way of thinking about it, Jim. Um, and But I, it's helpful for me to to think about this passage. Well, one of the things beyond what you just said, Jim, is that if I see, you know, these things present or absent, you know, in a particular circle, it doesn't necessarily mean something about, you know, that person Mm -hmm. or that circle of people, right? Right. Just because I see miracles being performed somewhere, it doesn't mean like like rubber stamp everything else. It's a great way to put it. Um, And... And that, and that, that's, I think, yeah, it is a different prior mindset, right? About what's important. Um, that 
I've definitely had a hard time with at different points being like, oh, like, why why don't I see X in my, why don't I see miracles mm-hmm. often in my day-to-day life? Does that mean something's missing? Or, like, why is this, why am I seeing uh, this people driving out demons over here in this branch of mm-hmm. Christianity? Right. Like, does that mean that everything that that branch believes is true? Um, and this is kind of like, well, you know, there, there's there's things to be learning, learn from all of those discussions, but it's not like the essence of knowing Jesus, which is the the point. Yeah. I think uh, through different points in my life, my wife has frequently prayed for a miracle. And, and you know, I, I tend to, I don't come from as much of a Christian background as the rest of you. And I'm kind of like, okay, yeah, I hope God performs a miracle here. From what I've seen, usually the quote unquote miracle we're praying for it's just a lot of walking. It's it's like staying on the narrow road long enough for God to work through us and for something to happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's simply staying in it long enough mm-hmm. is the miracle. Yeah. Well, that is one. I, I do think we see in like James five that he calls us to pray for miraculous. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not stuff, saying but... it doesn't. I'm not saying yeah. it doesn't exist. But I think a lot of the times we say, God, can you just do a miracle? And God's like. Just stay walking. Yeah, I'll, it may the miracle happen. may just be like th- that. May not be the the thing that you need because he knows what's best too. So mm-hmm. you may he may say no. That's not actually. That's actually if I did this for you, that would be a a stone or a snake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we have to. We, have we to got it. We got it short. Yeah, <laughs> short in air quotes. So this is a great discussion. Uh, we're going to keep, obviously, we're going to keep this going. Um, we're going to pick it up next pod. Thank you guys for listening. Awesome.